the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Dersham and I are delighted to have you join us each and every Saturday night as we break down the most interesting news of the week. And that often includes the most interesting newsmakers of the week. And one of our favorites is joining us on the line tonight. Larry, who do we have first online? Lord Conrad Black is a Canadian-born British peer and former publisher of the London Daily Telegraph, The Spectator, The Chicago Sun-Times, The Jerusalem Post, and founder of Canada's National Post. Historian, biographer, columnist, and best-selling author, he's a regular contributor to numerous publications, podcasts, radio, and television in the United States, Canada, and Great Britain. Lord Black has published comprehensive histories of both Canada and the United States, as well as authoritative biographies of Presidents Franklin D. Roosevelt, Richard M. Nixon, and Donald J. Trump. He's a dual citizen of Canada and the U.K. and has been a member of the British House of Lords as Lord Black of Cross Harbor since 2001. His latest work is The Political and Strategic History of the World in three volumes. Welcome to the program, Lord Conrad Black. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Oh, Lord Black, I am exhausted. I was just going to say, I'm exhausted. Yeah, that resume is absolutely stunning. Now, I've been watching you on television, and I had, for years, I feel like for years, and I had no idea you've done as much as you did before we decided to to invite you onto the show. But, you know, one of the things that um, we really would love to talk about, uh, you've got that amazing biography as newspaper publisher, um, appearances on radio and television. But this volume one of a three-volume set on the political and strategic history of the world, that just baffles my mind. With a project that large, how did you decide where to begin? Well, you kindly referred to books that I'd written. And so I started many years ago writing biographies. I mean, I had a, a real career, but I'm not, I'm not a... Um, you know, I'm not a particularly sporty person. So when other people were playing golf or tennis or something, I was writing. It. And then I went from writing about people to I did a history of the U.S. and a history of Canada. And then I thought, you know, I'm getting older and I want to, I want to, you know, a, a really big work, a, a sort of a major work that would be the, the greatest, you know, writing project that I've done. And I, I came to the conclusion after thinking about it for a long time that that it is possible to present. Now, this is, as you say, just a political history. It's not a cultural or sociological or scientific. I mean, obviously, those things 
factor in to some degree, but it's really a study of how people uh, organize themselves from the most primitive times of clans and tribes to uh, the gradual development into the nation state and international organizations. And uh, when I thought about it uh, carefully, I, I thought this can be done uh, in a way that isn't simply impossible or 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 a mere chronology that no one would wish to read and um and and you know if you, if you look at the, for example i have the cambridge ancient history medieval history and the history of the modern world and they total 30 volumes and wow. millions and millions of words and wow. I, I concluded that you could do uh, a readable and accurate summary um quite pages quite full of facts but but not unreadable or or confusing and and you could get it all done in three big volumes and that's what i that's what i'm trying to do and now i'm three quarters of the way through volume two and uh you know i'm 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 up to queen elizabeth uh, the first and you know <laughs> Uh, so, so I, I'm I'm on target, and yeah, it, it, see, my objective is to get get it all in without it being either so enormous a book nobody would want to read any of it, uh, or or uh, so um, uh, uh, spare in the narrative that it was just a recitation of you know and. In, in, in Queen Elizabeth died in 1603, and King James right. became the king, and and he lasted for 20 years, and so forth. I mean, so, so you actually have a narrative focusing on the most important and interesting people, which is the way to make history interesting. That's one thing I learned writing biographies, and mm. and, and so so you so you've got the whole thing there, and even if people. Uh, don't want to read it all, but just want to read parts of it. They can read. They don't have to read in chronological order. The chapters are organized fairly clearly on different subjects. Uh, and even if they don't want to read it at all in, in the normal way, what it's there as a reference. Everything is in the index. And you know, we all sometimes suddenly become curious about some obscure thing. Right. And, uh, and now it's. Google and other services like that have made it more easy to deal with that. But here you'll have basically everything in these books, and you can find them in the index. Uh, Laura Black, uh, I think I know the answer to this, but uh, this is, we're going to get back into the content of, of this book. But why is it important for people, and especially young people, to read and study history? Because we see them tearing down statues here in the United States, trying to, I think, erase our history. So why would, how would we make the case that it's important to know history, to read history, and just have it uh, at our grasp? Well, first of all, it's terribly interesting, if you do it right. I mean, you obviously, you focus more on the uh, you know, on the dramatic and important personalities, but nobody could read, for example, a a, a brief but factual and and competently written a life of Alexander the Great or Julius Caesar or Napoleon without being absolutely astonished by it and very interested in it. I mean, these were 
three of the most uh, accomplished and uh, flamboyant and brilliant people in the history of the world. And, of course, they're interesting. Uh, so it, the, it is, if you present it right, an interesting subject to begin with. Secondly, it, it, it does inform us about how we got to where we are and gives us uh, prior examples of all matter of uh, political and 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 um, human situations. So it does help understand the present if you if you can go back and find something somewhat like it. And after all these centuries, um, there is a precedent, and, and not not for the technological changes that have happened, but for the types of human conduct in different situations. There's a precedent for almost everything. And so it can be very instructive. And finally, um, it, it has a great deal to do with what is legitimate now. And I mean, so much of political discussion is, well, you know, where are the, the legitimate, reasonable interests of the United States, for example? Is it legitimately an American interest not to wish Russia to take over Ukraine, this sort of thing? And, uh, and you, you'll, I mean, you, you do find precedents for this. And, and sometimes in popular political usage, uh, they're rightly cited and very instructive. But uh, another part of it is exactly the reverse of that. I mean, I was, for example, appalled in the um, – well, I have been many times over the years. Let me just take some examples that would be familiar to your listeners of how some people in elections – and this happens in the United States, but you mustn't think it only happens there. It happens in other countries that I'm familiar with where people will say – I mean, I'll, I'll, I won't name the person, so I don't want to be controversial here. But for example, in the uh, in the last uh, presidential election year, you, you you had people contending for, uh, for example, the Democratic nomination. It's quite obvious the incumbent president would be renominated. And uh, I, I remember a senator telling uh, an audience in one of the primary states that. Um, we had to attack uh, poverty in exactly the same way that the United States uh, occupied Normandy in 1944. Now, most of the people obviously didn't know what he was talking about, but neither did he. I mean, that isn't what happened. <laughs> and and it, was, it was an absolutely asinine thing to say if you knew what actually happened at Normandy. And and I thought, how can he... How can he after such nonsense, you know, and the fact is, there's a great deal, as you implied, ignorance about what happened in the past. And in that ignorance, all sorts of outrageous falsehoods are uttered. Uh, and and it is it, it just complicates life if if complete myth making goes on and is never contradicted. I mean, like this idea yeah, I, that the United States was set up as a slaveholding operation. That is rubbish. That is not why it was set up. Yeah, you know, I'm really glad somebody like you is able to write as much as, as you do. And we're at the end of the show. But I just want to say um, I do think writing is a sport. I would probably call it a combat sport. So by you choosing yeah, to actually memorialize history in a fashion that is interesting, readable and powerful you have probably contributed just as much if not more uh than many of our our star athletes where can people where can people find more about you oh well uh 
all all over the place, but not all of it is accurate. I mean, uh, good. Um, is there a good website? Yeah, well, yes, I have a website, and and uh, and if you Google me, you see something. Now, you know the the as you would all know, and your many of your uh, listeners would, the uh, the Wikipedia accounts are often colored by all sorts of nonsense. But uh, a lot has been written about. I mean, I've written a couple of autobiographical things, and I can't imagine that one person a thousand where where you are would be sufficiently interested to to try and. Well, we are, and we are, we are excellent. That's excellent, and we are glad you joined us. Thank you so much, and thank you to our listeners. Don't touch that dial. We are coming right back for more of Today with Dr. Wendy. We'll be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and Larry Dersham and I have a fantastic action-packed second half for you with a very interesting guest to kick off the second half. Larry, who do we have on the line? Ed Martin is a J6 attorney who is very much involved in helping Americans who were jailed for entering the Capitol on January 6, 2021, as well as a board member of the Patriot Freedom Project. It's so good to have you back on the show, Ed. Yeah, thank you, Larry. Good to be with you, Dr. Wendy. Thank you for having me on. Great to hear your guys' voices. I guess it's Happy New Year. I haven't talked to you. Yes. Since the 2024, <laughs> so Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Same to you. Uh, you know, it is never too late to say Happy New Year if you haven't spoken to the person. I think that's absolutely that's right. great. And, you know, we uh, we know that you've been very involved trying to, uh, as you put it, seek justice um, for January 6th in a lot of different ways. Um, and, you know, we're learning a little bit more. I almost want to say like every day something more comes out in terms of footage and, and surveillance and investigation and different people and what they were sentenced for. What, what do you think has been the most, um, I would say, maybe surprising development over the last couple of years in the whole J6 prosecution? Well, you know, you're, you're right. Um, it, it does feel different. The last maybe two months or three months, we yeah. started to feel like, feel like things are moving. Um, and I just would say, in the last two years, I've been involved for since right after January 6th, and so uh, represented three or four guys um, specifically as their lawyer. And then on the board of Patriot Freedom Project, I've worked closely with about 50 of the cases and sort of, but, but, but know, know a lot about all of it. But really for the last, I don't know, until three months ago, there was a lot of reticence to talk, even amongst conservatives, even amongst uh, regular people about what happened on January 6th. There was a sense that, frankly, they had succeeded in, in my opinion, lying about what happened and making it into something it wasn't. And people were sort of holding back, holding back. There, there are a couple factors. One 
I have to give him credit. Vivek Ramaswamy, who's not my pick for president, I'm glad he dropped out. He put his he put his dip his he didn't dip his toe and he jumped in with both feet on saying J six was a setup. Yes, J six was uh, and, and made a big difference to get somebody to sort of push the conversation out there. And then there's been heroes. Julie Kelly is a hero. Darren Beatty's a hero. Uh, Tucker Carlson has helped amplify some of those voices. I take my I credit in my own share of the work. There's been so it's been a lot of of daily you know, weekly efforts. I tell my team, you got to hit a lot of singles and score a lot of runs. You don't get to hit a lot of home runs or grand slams. And we've, we've done that for a long time, but it's certainly changed. And I think you're going to see more. I, I was up on Capitol Hill, uh, I guess it was two days ago. There's some more things that are coming in terms of having dug into what exactly the record was, why some things happened, you know, why, why were some of the law enforcement inviting people into the building? What was the confusion? Um, and I think we're going to see more and more of that uh, coming forward. But, you know, the number one thing for us at Patriot Freedom Project has been helping defendants get lawyers so they can defend themselves and taking care of their families. And I got to tell you, I can get really angry and, and get all fired up. I'm trying not to about how uh, this this targeted uh, political operation against Trump supporters, which is what it was and is, has been it's terrible for American politics. It's terrible for our justice system, but it's devastating for tens of thousands of family members, kids, wives. Mm. It's just outrageous what's happened. And so a lot of the I feel better about the truth, but I feel terrible about what's happened and is happening to these families. Ted, a number of people in prison for entering the Capitol on January 6th have been charged under 18 U.S.C. 1512 C2 that relates to corruptly obstructing an official proceeding and that the interpretation of this statute section will now go before the U.S. Supreme Court. Could you give us a little background on what that law says and why it's being challenged in the Supreme Court? Yeah, Yeah, thank you, Larry. This is really the heart of this. The best example is the heart of a the battle over how dishonest and dishonorable the prosecution has been. Uh, this law you mentioned, 28 U.S.C. 1512 uh, C, was passed in 2003 after Enron and Arthur Anderson. And the complaint at the time by prosecutors and the reason they got this law passed was when it came to evidence and maintaining evidence, they had a problem with people throwing out evidence, destroying databases, and they wanted to make sure that people didn't do it. So they said that it's a very broad wording, obstruction of official proceeding. That's different than obstruction of justice. Obstruction of justice happens when there's an actual case trial going on or there's an investigation. This is sort of broader, official proceeding. Well, what is that? And that's one of the problems with it. It's a little vague. But it was designed for evidence tampering. Flash forward to the Mueller investigation. One of the prosecutors on the Mueller investigation, Andrew Weissman, said, let's use 1512 against Trump will say that he disrupted an official proceeding, and it's a felony. Because you see, guys, it's a 20-year maximum penalty for that felony obstruction, as opposed to the guys that are charged. And it happened to three of my clients. It's happened to dozens of clients where you're charged with a misdemeanor trespass, a misdemeanor vandalism, and then you get a felony. So misdemeanor, misdemeanor, felony is misdemeanors are no jail time, a fine, and you go home. A felony is, oh, oh. And so they, they misuse this law. And now we have a situation where the people that go to the Capitol are charged with obstruction of official proceeding, not for evidence tampering, not for anything, except there was an official proceeding, the electoral count process, that was then stopped, paused. But if that's the standard, 
when you go to the school board and if you raise your voice at the school board and they and they gavel out the thing, they take a break for 10 minutes, you've disrupted an official proceeding. If you're code pink and you go to the Kavanaugh uh, hearings and you disrupt the proceedings, you should be charged with a felony. And they weren't, of course. And you so know, this is purely targeted against uh, against these uh, public speakers who were, were exercising their constitutional right to petition. And some got out of control. Fine. But not to the tune of insurrection, not to the tune of this felony. You know, Ed, there are so this is there are so many views on this on this incident, and there were so many perspectives, um, both literally and figuratively. One thing that I think uh, is a common denominator is the emotion that surrounds this event, and it almost doesn't matter, you know, which side you're on. The, the emotion has been so high. How do you keep a, sort of a, a cool head in in a scenario like this, where you almost can't win? You're at whatever side yeah. you're on, whoever you represent, whatever you take, you're going to have a very vocal minority or majority against you. How have you managed over the last couple of years to just stay sane in the midst of this chaos? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a, I mean, we could do like a, a week's worth of therapy together. You could yeah, let's break me down. I mean, I, on that. <laughs> I, I, I would say this, I would say perspective on what's happening is important. A lot of our people are people of faith. And so you have a sense of perspective and you, you know, you sort of, it's an old, old line in the, in the churches, offer it up. Um, but let me pause and say one thing about what's really odd in this one. There are times where there's something going wrong in the country, and we count on our justice system, our, our, our constitution and the rule of law, and the founding values, our values of sort of fair play and honor to kick in. And in this case, the thing that's most galling to me and surprising is that our legal system, which is where we call people, you get called to the bar like a vocation. You are an officer of the court. And our crown jewels, I wrote a piece on this this week. You go to London, you can visit the crown jewels because they have a king. God gives the king a sovereignty. He shares it with his subjects. In America, we the people are king, and we share our sovereignty with our government through our states. And so ours, our crown jewel is the Constitution and the rule of law and our founding values. There's not enough people, in my opinion, who are lawyers and judges who are standing up and saying, what are we doing here? We may disagree politically, but what are we doing here? How are we doing? And that's what, just to finish this, Larry, that's what 1512 is up on appeal to the Supreme Court saying, wait a second, the system's not working. This is too much. Uh, back to your point on this. I think that when you start uh, on, on how you stay sane, when you start to see more progress towards the truth, I tell my team all the time, that's not a time to be uh, glad that the other person's wrong. It's a time to continue sort of to grow the truth. And I think more and more as Americans see what's happened, I think there'll be less and less energy to be angry at each other. But but it's very difficult because, you know, I, I got some one of my guy, one of my guys got out of jail and, and he's been called names by people. And I got to tell you, he's a simple soul. He served in our Navy. He didn't break any windows. He didn't push anyone. He got caught up in this thing and he got two and a half years in jail. He gets called names. It's it's beneath us as people. That's hard to recover from. So it's going to be ongoing. But the last thing I'll say, Dr. Wendy, is I believe that the political uh, system right now, and especially the media and social media and big tech, that they feed on this division. It's how they get their, their business model. You know, you have to have crisis. And we have to resist that. We have to find ways to resist it. It's not easy. It's not simple, but we do have to resist it. Recently, the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia stood behind a podium and announced the DOJ planned to charge 
thousands more Americans who were present during the January 6th protest. Yet during the BLM riots, federal buildings were burned, police were assaulted en masse, and, and God knows how many Americans were hurt, and the Department of Justice dropped all charges against anyone involved in those riots. Do you think the DOJ's goal is to terrorize the people who attended the J6 rally and by so doing set an example for all of us to basically keep quiet? Yeah, I, I think that they, the, whether it's, whether I can't read their minds, but their conduct is clearly, their conduct is, their conduct is clearly doing what you just said, which is scaring people into silence. And so I, I again, I, I can't read their mind. I just would say, um, you know, my, my, the old Reagan maxim, remember Reagan had a maxim. He said, trust and, but verify. That's yes. the phrase. I, I have a phrase that I use in this context, distrust. Then verify. The starting point is you cannot trust what they tell you and, and that they haven't told us the truth. And over and over again, in this context of January 6th, of other aspects of COVID, we have been lied to. So you have to start by saying, I don't trust you. And in this context, you know, just in the last 24 hours, uh, the Attorney General Merrick Garland uh, made comments that, that basically said we have to have Trump tried before the election because, you know, that's our that's what we want. And, you know, that's a political hit job. But here's the thing about what you just described. The U.S. attorney, the U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia, he announced that. What he actually said was, we're going to arrest people all year long through next year's election. Well, it feels a lot like you're just setting this up to add to the narrative of Joe Biden's campaign, which is on all this hated division. So I, I, I'm very cynical about it. And I worry, again, I, we worry about it, uh, but we've got to keep fighting back. You know what? That's a great place to end. We're at the very end of the show. We want to thank you so much for joining us. Website real fast. Uh, uh, PatriotFreedomProject.com PatriotFreedomProject.com All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Stay safe. Be well. Happy New Year. And to our listeners, thank you for spending some time with us this Saturday night, and we look forward to seeing you next week. In the meantime, have a wonderful week, and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.